Welcome to Unlikable Female Characters, the podcast featuring feminist thriller writers in conversation about women who don't give a damn if you like them. I'm Wendy Hurd, and I'm here with Lane Fargo. Hello. And Kristen LaPianca. Hello. How are you guys doing? Uh, you know, it's still <laughs> 2020 somehow. <laughs> somehow, it's still March 2020. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's not, but it feels like it. It feels like it, yeah. Yeah, so the big thing that happened uh, in my world this week is a fucking tornado hit my neighborhood in Chicago. (laughs) It was crazy. That is crazy. Have you ever had a tornado? No, they're really rare in the city. And it was just like a small one, but it was, um, I was working on Monday afternoon and I got this like weather alert that said there was a tornado warning and I'm from Ohio. So like, you know, Kristen, when you're from Ohio, you're kind of like, unless I can see it like coming directly in my face, like I'm not, I'm not worried. Plus we live in a basement already. Like we have a garden unit. So I was just like, whatever. And kind of went about my business. And then like the sky turned black and the wind whipped up and I was like, (laughs) oh, okay, shit. But it was so, it was really brief and I didn't even think it was that bad until we went out afterwards, like after the storm had passed to walk the dog and there were just like all these trees ripped up by the root there's a car a few doors down from us that was like basically smashed in half by a tree that fell directly on it it was insane like they're still cleaning up like all these streets were impassable just massive destruction uh really insane i've never seen anything like that and i was like 2020 come (laughs) on On. like where does it end right like wh- what's next i mean i don't even i don't even want to know it's it's too much yeah i'm like the plague of locusts is next like what the right. fuck i don't know <laughs> but what about you guys what's going on uh well the news from here is that yesterday we celebrated one of my cat's fifth birthdays oh and we had a, a day-long celebration and we got them this like you know those like cardboard scratching structures that exist um target was selling one that was shaped like a pirate ship so the cats have a pirate ship now and it's super cute okay you're gonna have to put a picture of that on the unlikable female characters twitter because the people yes yes we need to see (laughs) we need this joy in our lives (laughs) it is it is pretty amazing (laughs) well i had a really interesting thing where i was laying in my bed one day one evening one night at like 3 a.m or something and an earthquake happened and i was like okay I mean, 2020, if you're going to give us the big one, it seems like the right moment. Like, that seems possible. But it wasn't the big one. It was like a four point something. So it was a shaker, but it wasn't like bad. So then the following week, we had taken it. And oh, by the way, the epicenter was really close to where I live. So then the next week, I had taken a trip down to San Diego, kind of north of San Diego to like take a little uh, beach weekend out of the city and try to stay away from people. But unfortunately it was like the zombie apocalypse because no one was wearing masks and it ended up being like really stressful. Mm. But then there was an earthquake there. That's just like your book. At the same, yes, in the same, I was like, again, near the epicenter. And I was like, am I, am I, what? Same. So it's it's you, you're causing them. Because you have a book concept that's like that, right? Yes, (laughs) I have a book concept like this about a girl who thinks she might be starting earthquakes. And I was like, (laughs) It's a sign. I have to write that book now. I have to finish that yeah. book. Yeah. Oh, my God. The universe is telling you something. Yeah. That's crazy. Or the that's fault lines to interpret it. are just all going to shit and we're going to have the big one. Yeah. Or it's like the end of days. I mean, one or the other. I think yeah. those are the two <laughs> options. <laughs> I mean, I think the end of days is a given with this year so far. Like, whatever else is going on. There, I mean, there could be many things happening on top of that. But, like, the end times are here, unfortunately. Yeah. 
Yeah. Oh, so you better write that book, Wendy. Great. Okay. We're almost out of time. I'm on it. <laughs> I will <laughs> just need to get rid of one of my day jobs in order to free up some more space. Yep. Oh, man. Well, our topic today uh, is the bad bisexual, which is something I think we can all relate to as bisexuals who are bad in various ways, bad at it. I don't know. There's like so many different ways to interpret this. Yeah. <laughs> so I was thinking about like, I think when we came up with this topic, we were thinking specifically about like the evil bisexual archetype, yeah. like the scheming bisexual. But I think there's like a lot of different ways that you can be a bad bisexual, like endless ways, really. Yes. Well, bad at it, meaning we're not... Um, promiscuous enough to be bisexuals we're not like sure. <laughs> yeah yes that is that is true um and that like i feel like that goes both ways whether people assume you're straight or they assume you're a lesbian if you are with a person they don't understand mm-hmm. that you're still bisexual <laughs> it's right. like very hard for people to understand but then if you are promiscuous, you're the slutty bisexual, which is another right. kind of bad bisexual. Yes. Or you can be the disaster bisexual who's just like possibly slutty, definitely a hot mess, like sewing drama and discord wherever they go. Um, there are just so many ways. Like, I don't know. Like, how can you be a good bisexual? Just have like exactly the same number of male and female partners, but be monogamous and well-behaved. Like, what is the answer? <laughs> <laughs> That's a really good question. Um, perhaps perhaps it's like a, you know, a month by month thing, like January you're with a lady and then you break up and there's no hard feelings. And then in February you find a nice boyfriend and you're very in love, but it doesn't work out. No hard feelings again. Then in March. You have to keep it exactly even though. You mm-hmm. can't do January and February girl, March boy, because then you're a lesbian. The scales have to be balanced. <laughs> but see, that's sounding very like slutty and indecisive to me, Kristen. I don't know. <laughs> that's true. Well, I mean, what? You don't think an, uh, an entire relationship can run its course in one month? I mean, I guess you're moving too fast if it does. Yeah. Maybe it's like one year on, like with the, one year with a woman, one year with a man. I don't know. What's the like time period? Hmm. I think hmm. a year There's might so be too rules. long. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Right, because if it's a whole year, then people are going to assume that you're gay or straight. So, yeah. like, I don't know. Oh, what the... I think more than a couple of sexual encounters with a gender and you've committed to that being that, you know, you've, you've committed. So you're either gay or straight. It just takes a couple. <laughs> Maybe only one. Who knows? And then if not, you're indecisive. Yeah. Right. I think that's the one that really gets me is like bisexuals can't decide. Like. <sighs> yeah, it's just. <laughs> And the thing that's kind of like that's really disturbing is that that is a pretty common attitude among some members of the queer community yes. as well. It's not just straight men don't understand, <laughs> but it's also queer women don't understand. Uh, not all, of course, um, but it's just it's very odd the way that that keeps coming up even now in 2020. Like, why are we still explaining that? Yes, bisexuality is a an actual thing Mm -hmm. i have actually like in recent years been like heavily scolded for feeling like i can say anything about being queer or like feeling like i have any right to even call myself that at this point after having been married for this long that's Mm -hmm. some bullshit yeah that's ridiculous 
I've also been told I can consider myself an ally if I like. <laughs> I feel a need to be a, if I feel a need to be a part of it. Fuck off. What? No. <laughs> These are things that I've actually been told to me by like colleagues or fr- like random people at parties in the last like, three years. Maybe? See, there's so many rules and so many ways to piss people off if you're bisexual. It's no wonder yes. so many of us turn evil and scheming. Like what what are we supposed to do? All you have to do really is to say that the words I am a bisexual and it just there you go. You've done it. You have done opened it. this up to discourse and discord Mm -hmm. yes earlier this year before all of the things became canceled i was at a book thing and i was talking to someone who my paths continued to cross with and it's quite infuriating uh and she was introducing me to someone and she introduced me as our other lesbian (laughs) and i said it's nice to meet you i'm i identify as queer or bi and the the woman making this introduction she was like but you have a partner don't you and oh I said God. yes and she said and how long have you been together and I was like so stunned that I just continued in this conversation for some reason I was like that happens to me almost too. 10 yeah. years and she was like see you're good like excuse me <laughs> <laughs> this interaction haunts me <laughs> because I was so taken aback I didn't say what the fucking fuck like I wish you never, that I had it always you're happens good? when you're least expecting it it yeah. doesn't happen when you've got like your comebacks ready it happens when you're like near your aunt and uncle or like in right. front of a group of people and you're an introvert and you're not the kind of person who comes up with comebacks on the fly in front of a group of people yeah it was just like you're good like excuse me like you're qualified like you have I a certain it, number of years like, experience so you're now you're all like, set. qualified as a lesbian yeah like, right you could, you, yeah exactly okay. yeah it was it was wild wow yeah, yeah i'm I just mean, imagining like a resume like i have 10 years experience <laughs> eating pussy so i'm a very qualified lesbian right <laughs> and for me i always feel like i'm a quote-unquote bad bisexual because i've never been in a relationship with a woman um like my partner we've been married for over a decade now and he is my only serious relationship in my entire life like it yeah. just kind of worked out that way um, so sometimes I feel like I'm not qualified, not like that I don't have the right to talk about queer issues, like you said, because I'm, I don't know, what's the opposite of, let's say, like the gold star lesbian or gold star gay, if you will. Because <laughs> I'm bisexual and I knew I was bisexual when I was in high school and I was a virgin and, you know, like I just knew that about myself because I was attracted to multiple genders and that's all it means right <laughs> people have, want to put all of these qualifications and like metrics that you have to meet to be a real bisexual and it's some bullshit um yeah i i've gotten a lot of strange emails on my author site um about this like i had i had one not long ago where someone said i just read the the third book and I just wanted to know why did you decide to make Roxanne weary bisexual at the end of the book <laughs> and then I was like excuse me like first of all she's been bi from the beginning of the series it so happens that in the third book she is with a relation she's in a relationship with a woman at the beginning and considering a relationship with a man at the end but that does not mean she's suddenly bisexual like and I'll, I'll get some comments that are like as a as a lesbian reader who really liked what you were doing with the book, I was disappointed 
that you didn't make the character a lesbian. Like, <laughs> what is happening? I still don't understand how they cannot like understand. Like, I mean, did you forget the hot sex in book one with a man? Because <laughs> right. I right. remember. <laughs> also, the hot sex in book one in the car with a woman. Like, yeah. did you forget any of these things? I don't understand. I how. did not. No, we didn't forget. We'll never forget. <laughs> Good. <laughs> I feel like part of that is the function of the space you're in. Like you're in a, the PI space, which has a slightly older readership. And I, yeah. I've been in that space too. Like adult crime fiction is a little bit old fashioned. Whereas yeah. it, in young adult, now that I have a book coming out in young adult, I'm like, it feels like a breath of fresh air. It's just like, okay, okay. I don't have to be constantly uh, justifying or explaining or hiding right. it on the marketing copy, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, what I get for temper is, um, you know, there are multiple bisexual characters in the book. One of them is the villain. One of them is kind of an asshole and a little bit promiscuous. And people will, I'll get reviews kind of criticizing the bad bisexual stereotypes. And they're so tired of seeing bisexual people only portrayed in this way. And then they'll mention often um, that the main character, Kira, is bisexual and is slutty. And I'm like, she is straight. She is straight, straight, straight. <laughs> like, there is nothing in the book that shows her, like, being attracted to women, in relationships with women, like, absolutely nothing. So it's like they're taking this character who is, like, if Kira were bisexual, she would be the total, like, disaster bisexual stereotype. Like, she is a hot mess. She creates drama everywhere. But she's she's a straight girl who's doing it. <laughs> she's a disaster straight. <laughs> I guess the question is, can people be a disaster if they are not bisexual? That's a tough I mean, they're question. not as good at it. Honestly. Definitely not as good at it. <laughs> Okay, should we talk about, I, to be honest, there. I know that we're supposed to hate the evil bisexual and the disaster bisexual, but there are some characters that I just kind of adore for oh, yeah. how evil and disastrous they are. I don't, is that wrong of me to, to enjoy those characters sometimes, depending on- Not here, not in this safe space. No, I think, I think it's fine and good to enjoy them when they're like done well. It's just like- the where I have a problem is there's just so little positive representation mm-hmm. that exists that it's like there isn't like well here here we can have bisexual people that are across the entire spectrum from good to evil like yep. unfortunately yep. we don't really have that we it nope. skews very heavily evil which is like that sucks even though like evil people are fun and interesting <laughs> I think that's so. what it is it's that I kind of can't help but always love the villain yeah mm-hmm and it's like kind of consider the source too, because I like we are allowed to write evil bisexuals or any kind of bisexuals we want. Like I feel really strongly about that. That we as queer creators, like we can write any kind of queer character we want. But like a straight dude writing an evil bisexual, I'm gonna yes. have a little bit more of a problem with or be a little yes. more critical. Agree. Like Lizbeth and the girl with the dragon tattoo. Yes. Right? Like, oh my god. I think that that character, you know, had potential to have been handled with more nuance right and I'm not saying anything bad about that author because I don't know him and I'm not saying that he was like a bad guy I'm just saying like he just doesn't have he just wasn't equipped you know to handle it with enough nuance because he just it just wasn't you know well yeah and he didn't he didn't do the work of like trying to obtain the right knowledge and understanding like Mm -hmm. and like that's his right and he's dead so (laughs) <laughs> whatever. I guess that's what I'm saying. I don't want to speak ill of the dead. I'm just yeah. saying that, that was a good example of a character that, you know, maybe um, accidentally fell into some tropes that might make some bisexual readers uncomfortable. 
Like, for example, they did this in Killing Eve, too, which bothered me, which is like, you know, she's bi because you see her in a threesome. Mm-hmm. It's like, stop it. We don't all have threesomes. Not right. every bisexual character want, person on this earth wants to have group sex. Like, Right. Like, that's a different thing. It's like being bisexual doesn't automatically make you want sex in a group. All at the same time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> With Villanelle, um, I mean, this is something I thought about in, in writing temper as well. Malcolm, the antagonist, is a psychopath, as is Villanelle. And in the research I did on that, I found that people who are psychopaths, they don't really have a sexuality necessarily, because it's all like opportunism, and they're just gonna like, be whoever they need to be to manipulate this person. So it's not necessarily like I never even in the book, Malcolm identifies as bisexual, like he calls himself that but I almost didn't even think of him as bisexual. I thought of him as he's a psychopath, he's gonna like if he wants to manipulate a man and seducing them is like the quickest way to do that then he's going to seduce them it's not even really yeah. about sex it's completely about power and i see that with villanelle right. too it's like she's just very you know she wants to enjoy herself and whoever's there she's going to enjoy herself with or used in one of her evil schemes or you know it's it's more the psychopathy but then that plays into this like bisexuals are psychopaths kind of <laughs> bullshit <laughs> okay you know who my favorite one like this is is obviously dr frankenfurter Yes, I have that on my my list too. Actually, I wrote basically everyone in Rocky Horror is what's on my list. (laughs) Yeah, in Rocky Horror, Frankenfurter is uh, like corrupting people. You know, poor Brad and Janet. (laughs) They kind of want to be corrupted though, I think. But that's kind of what the bad bisexual does. The evil bisexual corrupts good people. Uh Uh-huh. Because they're so sexy and so Mm -hmm. irresistible. Right. It's Mm -hmm. that pan archetype. Yeah, that's true. Like the the magical mm-hmm. powers of the bad bisexual. Mm-hmm. And there's there's an sort of implication that corrupting people who would otherwise be perfectly innocent and of course straight, if not for this person who's tempting them. Mm-hmm. I think there's also just that people are freaked out by the idea of of like of being attracted to more than one gender. It just freaks them out. And I don't know where that comes from, but it's like unclean. It has like a, you know, a dirtiness to it that people just, and so I think that's where straight people come up with these characters because they automatically consider it dirty and overtly sexual and unclean. And so they're not going to just put a bisexual character into like a marriage where they're taking their kids to work or their kids to school and going to work and being a normal person. They're going to put them into these roles where it's like you corrupted everybody. It's like a dimension of their kind of duplicitousness. Like, actually, I don't want to, this is not a critical example because I loved this book and I think Mm -hmm. this character is well done. But in Andrea Bart's, her latest book, The Herd, Mm. the um, mysterious woman at the center of it who's like missing, uh, Eleanor Walsh, she is at one point in the book found out to have been bisexual and like in some secret queer relationships. And it's sort of a, it's like a dimension of the fact that the people around her didn't really know her, that she was like up to all of these things that they weren't aware of, that what she appeared to be publicly was not who she was privately. So it's presented as this dimension of that, not that she's like evil or it's bad that she was in these queer relationships, but that it's like part of the secrets that she was keeping. And I thought that was interesting. Um, That book is really, really great. Very smart about female relationships. Well, I think a lot of time, the idea of the duplicitous bisexual, is like, they writers will use the idea of being bi as 
a stand-in for actual characterization that makes a person seem duplicitous. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just sort of like, I always use the phrase lazy shorthand when I'm talking about this at events. Like, it's just like, oh, yeah, that character's bi. Look at how depraved they are. Yeah. <clears throat> See, I I mean, I think I do that in my own work in some ways, but then I, like, really try to explore why they're so depraved and, like, all of the different... Because <laughs> they are, like, a lot of my characters are. Like, they're they're bisexual and they are duplicitous and scheming and evil and all this stuff but it's not just that like you can't stop at the shorthand and I don't necessarily have a problem with that Uh, it's just like as you said if that's the only character in the book or movie or if it's like the only representation we're having that's where you run into a problem yeah or or when it's used as like it's held up as proof as to why you can't trust them like yes this person is bi so clearly you can't trust them like as if there's something inherently untrustworthy about being bi which of course there's not which so it's just the representation that we have has been so shitty for so long that those types of examples um i feel like are more obvious to me anyway when i was coming up with things to talk about in this episode i was sort of leaning towards characters where it infuriates me that the person is bisexual Um, such as well the first example i have um from the show house of cards oh oh, god even before we knew yes the truth even before we knew the truth about kevin spacey being a dirtbag um like i really liked the early seasons of house of cards i thought it was really well done me too uh, like the first season specifically was like so good mm-hmm. and then it just like it got worse and then eventually I stopped watching it because it was like too on the nose for our current climate mm-hmm. um, but <clears throat> like Frank is very much the opportunist like he is a manipulator he wants what he wants um, and I feel like the bisexuality element of his character it's not explored outside of that it's just sort of like slapped on mm-hmm. as like he was perfectly like w- enjoyably watchable as a, just a devious straight man in the first season. And then mm-hmm. suddenly it's like, oh, by the way, here's a thing to explain it. You know, did not like. I've only seen a few episodes of that, maybe even just the first or second. There was like, I don't know. I just got such a bad vibe because usually I like scheming characters right but i just like could not with him and now i feel vindicated i'm like see, yes. he was terrible <laughs> <laughs> to be honest i loved it because i love a good villainous main character and i'm pretty patient with them you know i'm usually pretty like okay i'm in it I'm, i want to see where this goes uh but yeah the bisexuality in that it's not that i minded that character being bisexual i was actually interested in that like yes okay but i was concerned that it was more a part of him being bad and less mm-hmm. a part of like the interesting piece of a of a famous politician and what that means for having to not be publicly bisexual like that I was really mm-hmm. interested in and like what that might look like and how that might play out like so I felt really torn about it yeah I think that they didn't explore it in the right way like it was just presented as this is an element of him being bad like look at yeah. how look at how untrustworthy and just messed up he is like whoa I don't know Um, so that, that is one of the examples that I had, um, from TV and and another is there's this show, it was called The Family. It was on about four years ago. It was only Mm. on for one season. I'm still mad about it. (laughs) (laughs) 
So it was the show. It had um, Joan Allen and uh, Andrew McCarthy and Allison Pill in it. And it was about uh, a woman whose son was, uh, her son disappeared and was presumed dead like 10 years ago and has been missing for 10 years. And then he, like 10 years later, he's back. What does it all mean and what's going on? Um, And it was a pretty good show for being just like a regular um, broadcast network show. And it had this character on it, this reporter uh, who wound up screwing everyone over. She slept with Joan Allen's daughter. She slept with her other kid um, not the missing son but another son that she had so she's sleeping with these two siblings and then like fucking everyone over and at the end of the first season where nothing was resolved on the show it was like it was supposed to be resolved in the next season but the next season never happened but like at the very end of the season ah the duplicitous bisexual has been murdered so it's like that trope as well the whole like barrier gaze idea of queer characters being murdered after being duplicitous it was infuriating it seems like a kind of punishing that character for yes. being so scheming and bad exactly too, yes instead of celebrating her as we should <laughs> i'm like <laughs> she sounds awesome let's be friends <laughs> <laughs> what we're talking about reminds me of this thing where you know it's also that thing in fiction where bisexual people cannot be monogamous Mm-hmm. or they cannot be faithful or they cannot just walk the straight and narrow or something you know what I mean it's like you have to be you're always scheming or you're always cheating or you know what I mean yeah, yeah. there's really not very much representation of someone who identifies as bi but is monogamous in a long-term relationship out there Well, because I struggle with this uh, in my own books like how do you I don't know it's like if you have a character who's in a relationship a long-term relationship and there's not really like sexual drama there's no cheating there's no like that's not really part of the story mm-hmm. it starts to feel weird to just like have them come out and say i'm bisexual it's like it doesn't matter to the story but then like that's what we were just talking about this having to come out over and over right. and like prove that you're actually bisexual and i think it's different in real life than in in fiction but true, it is still true. like i don't know it, but yeah in a fictional thing it is it's like we only tell as much about the character like the pertinent details to the story right like we don't need to know about every little thing in their past and all their past relationships and like their favorite color and whatever like we just need to know what's pertinent to the story and it can start to feel like if the their sexuality is not like a key part of the story it's like well why mention it and it's like because representation is important it's important to show people who are queer bisexual in long-term monogamous relationships and make the statement that like yes this person is still queer like that's not up for discussion right uh but it as a as a creator it, it feels um like you're mentioning something that doesn't need to be mentioned and then you'll get that criticism too i don't know it's it's complicated yeah we can't win i guess is the the moral here and the whole you know show don't tell okay so like how do we show that someone is by without having them in you know in bed with <laughs> what about the seven husbands of evelyn hugo hmm i love that book that? so much that's an interesting one that was a very nuanced one yes that was a really great one she's not a bad bisexual she's no. like <laughs> we love her but she's sort of you know publicly publicly straight like very uh 
prolific in her heterosexuality. <laughs> Seven <laughs> husbands, right? And then the relationship uh, with a woman who, who's kind of the love of her life is going on behind closed doors because it takes place in Hollywood in like the 50s. And, you know, so it wasn't like she could really be out at that time. But yeah, she's a very nuanced and interesting character because she what kind about- of... Do you think that her, the fact that she's been married so many times speaks to that, like, bisexual people cannot be faithful? Can't decide. She kept deciding on men. Just <laughs> She just couldn't decide between the men. That's her marriages fair. were very utilitarian. So yeah. It's not the same thing. It's not like she wanted to be faithful, but she couldn't because, well, as we know, the penis must go where it's called and she <laughs> calls... And you know what I'm saying? That's the thing. Straight people are really bad at being faithful. Everybody's bad at being faithful. Like humans mm-hmm. are bad at it. But bisexuals get this reputation because I guess there's like that many more people that we could cheat with who are like open to more possibilities or whatever. But like everyone's right, like, bad at monogamy. Like technically by the numbers, yes, there are more potential people to cheat with. But it's also like, like people are awful there's only going to be some that you would even want to cheat with it's very silly yeah like being attracted to multiple genders means that like it's just it is a foregone conclusion that you're going to cheat like it's just such a weird idea that is just so deeply entrenched in all of the stories that have existed for ages so it's like really hard to get rid of yeah i saw this discussion i mean i've seen this before but like recently on twitter like was probably one of those reddit am i the asshole things but about like a woman saying she didn't want her husband to be friends with other women and that she wasn't friends with other men because like you couldn't take sex out of it and it's Mm -hmm. like well yeah then if you're bisexual you just can't have any friends because like how would you resist (laughs) fucking them right it's like i have a lot of friends and there are only a few that i'm attracted to and i can like resist fucking them because i'm in a a committed monogamous relationship like it's not that complicated i don't (laughs) yeah (laughs) i don't know you never know when you might snap and it might just all come pouring out (laughs) we'll see we'll see i also wanted to mention um as i was like putting together examples and thinking about what the bad bisexual mean means i did a quick little google of bisexual crime fiction mm-hmm. and of did like you find the our first three books and that's it of, <laughs> of the first like whatever however many results show up on the first page two of them were pieces written by me like i was <laughs> like what <laughs> and then I, for clicked, you. I clicked on the um like the image search and i saw uh, our book cover is all of ours in like the top few rows of the search result and it's just like okay i understand that this is like a niche that we are all in but it's like how are there not people more famous than us who are doing this because we're gonna be the famous ones we're fucking trailblazers Kristen. (laughs) (laughs) that's fine it's just like it was like okay seriously kind of cool but also kind of like oh <laughs> yeah I, I know what you mean it's like oh that's cool that we're becoming known for this but it's ridiculous that there are so few yes so other examples um have either of you read the book the life and death of sophie stark by mm-hmm. anna north no 
this is one of my favorite books that I don't even know if it's in print anymore. It's not even that old, but I'm obsessed with it. Um, so it's about this filmmaker, Sophie Stark. She's like this kind of independent auteur kind of filmmaker. And the book is told by her like various most of them are her lovers or like business associates. I think one's her brother, like different people in her life kind of telling stories about her. So you get this portrait of this woman um, and she's bisexual, has relationships with both men and women. And we like hear from those men and women in these chapters. And I, this is another example where she's not evil. She's kind of um, like self-obsessed in the way that artists are but this unknowable, mysterious quality that she has because she's bisexual. Like, you know, it's like each of her lovers, they don't really know her. They only know this one side of her. So it's another one where it's like the bisexuality is this dimension of her duplicity and uh, just unknowable, mysterious allure. Um, I don't know. I That was kind of the examples I was drawn to where, where it was this dimension of the character. And I actually, like Andrea's book that I mentioned before, I really love The Life and Death of Sophie Stark. I think it's great. And I don't think she's, this character is not like an evil, bad bisexual, but it's used as, as part of how they define her character. Well, I think what we're saying is like, we're not um, advocating for for characters to suddenly be good and heroic and perfect you know they could still be um you know all have all kinds of dimensionality to them we're just suggesting that maybe because the character is bisexual doesn't mean they are these things that we've described Mm -hmm. right and also like i think you'll see sometimes especially on um like tv shows where there's just like someone they make a casually bisexual and the only characteristic this person seems to have is is bisexual (laughs) You know, like, mm-hmm. there's not really, like, you couldn't describe this person. They don't have a specific personality or worldview other than they're going on dates with men and women, and that's it. And, like, that's not enough because no one is that simple. Like, yeah. Yeah, even, and it's used as, like, a shorthand for yeah. infidelity or for badness or for sluttiness or for untrustworthiness. Like, the bisexuality is introduced as, like, something that will flag that character as... yes something like that to the viewer reader yes what about the like famous bisexual like real people because i was thinking of like miley cyrus and Lindsay lohan and like there are other women who are out bisexuals in hollywood but the ones that people talk about a lot are often these women who are really wild uh party girls out of control Mm -hmm. and it's like part of that yeah i see what you're saying that's a good point I can't Amber actually, heard. I don't know if we want to get into that. But. <laughs> I can't really think of like examples of famous out bisexual people who aren't in that sort of category. Anna Paquin was the one who came to mind. She's like been married for a long time. And, oh, interesting. But people question her bisexuality. Like I see that a lot where people are like, well, she's not really bi. Because she's been married to a man and has kids with him. I hate everyone. What about Michelle Rodriguez? She's kind of got that, like, not to the, like, Lindsay Lohan extent, but I feel like she has that persona of being kind of wild or, like, rebellious or something. Megan Fox does, too, but she's been married for a long time as well. I don't know. I mean, there's Halsey, but I think she falls in that same category. She does. I love her. I would, like, leave my partner for her in a minute. (laughs) (laughs) 
well, I'm monogamous. I thought bisexuals were fine at monogamy. Apparently not. <laughs> Apparently not. Halsey is the exception. He would understand. He would. He would support me. <laughs> what about Frank Ocean? Isn't Frank Ocean I, bi? I yeah, think? he is. Okay. Oh, I don't know. He doesn't seem like that hard partying kind of archetype. No, there's not a lot of out bisexual men in Hollywood. Like I can barely think of any. Alan Cumming, I guess. Yeah. Um, they tend to get like rounded up to gay, especially <laughs> if they're in relationships with men. So like, yeah, that's something I, I think is interesting is that, um, like you said, bisexual men tend to get rounded up to gay and the bisexual women tend to get rounded down to straight. Mm-hmm. Right. Because mm. everyone wants the penis. <laughs> that's exactly right. Because the <laughs> penis is so powerful. It's so powerful. <laughs> That really is. I mean, that's it's like fucking patriarchy, right? Like right. that's all it is. It's like the most desirable partner has to be the man, which is just ridiculous. Um, Aubrey Plaza, which is a great gift to us all. Oh yes, yes, yeah, she's great. Amanda Stenberg. Yeah, they're not mm-hmm. you know a hard partying person at all. Yeah, I think they're starting to be. More, I don't know. I guess more and more people come out, but every single time an actress comes out i see the discourse of like oh she's just doing this for attention (laughs) she's not really bi she just like wants people to think she's like cool and sexy and so it's almost like it has this connotation of like oh she's cool and sexy but she's trying too hard and she wants attention it's interesting like it's cool and sexy but also like only in theory right because like in practice everyone is suspicious and weirded out by the idea so it's sort of like i guess i guess men find someone they previously thought was straight uh that's it's cool and sexy if it turns out that this woman is actually bi uh-huh mm-hmm. but then they can have threesomes just like in right? porn <laughs> exactly. yeah that's how it works that's it but that's it doesn't it. go that way for men i've always felt really badly for bisexual men because i feel like it's it's very difficult for them to not get that icky sort of like bisexual men are dirty kind of uh, thing with women. I feel like women are really shitty about it. That's true. I know. Yeah, yeah. I've absolutely seen that. And like, I don't get ew. it. I would never date a guy who would do that. Like that's a very common way for women to think about bisexuality in men. Mm-hmm. Like how could you ever be with a man who's always looking at other men? Like I just think straight women have a real um, like prejudice against bisexuality in men. I don't understand that. I've always told Nate that my like main criticism of him as a person is that he's straight. Like if he was <laughs> bisexual, he'd be perfect. <laughs> but he can't help it. <laughs> you can check out the men together. That's the, ugh. I don't know. Straight people, they confuse me. That's it for this episode of Unlikable Female Characters. Don't forget to subscribe, and you can also follow us on Twitter at UnlikableFCPod for updates, book recommendations, and angry feminist rants. Our website is unlikablefemalecharacters.com, and we're also on Instagram at unlikablefemalecharacters. Thanks for listening.